You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio. <clears throat> We're happy to have one of our favorite people with us here today, Matt Klinker. Matt, thanks for being with us again today. It's good to catch up with you. It's good to be here. Matt, if you had a, a word or a phrase to describe your 2010 season, what would it be? Uh, well, I don't know. Um, average is a bad word, but, you know, just run of the mill, another uh, solid, solid season. We'll, we'll say that. Um, you know, the second half of the year was uh, turned turn some really good numbers into, into you know, Outstanding numbers into good numbers, um, but uh, no, I mean it was a solid season. Hit a lot of goals I wanted to to accomplish, and uh, you know, just another year grinding it out. What were you most proud of that you accomplished last year? Uh, just staying healthy, uh, you know, leading the organization um, or the minor league side uh, in innings pitched. I mean, that's that's the kind of guy I want to be known for. Is a guy that's gonna, you know, have have low walk total and and go and eat some innings. What was was there anything that disappointed you last year? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I tried to come up with a lot of excuses, you know, why my numbers were so bad the second half. Uh, but uh, you know, I just just a bad finish to the season. Uh, you know, thank goodness I got the one start in the playoffs that I did pretty well. So uh, that was kind of the silver lining. But um, and I, I don't know if it was just uh, you know being tired or, or worn down or what but uh you know I, I if i felt like i couldn't make an adjustment to get to to kind of write everything get everything back on on track so that was probably the most frustrating part you you bounced between double a AA and triple a like three times last year and being super successful in double a and struggling at times in triple a any any Reasoning that you can you can attribute that to. I mean, is it was it adjustment levels? Was it bouncing back and forth? Was it not getting enough work? Was it you know something else? I, uh, I mean, definitely maybe just bouncing back and forth. You know, not really. You know, having a spot. Uh, you know, I always said it's a lot easier when you're kind of settled in somewhere to you know kind of do your routine every five days and uh, get adjusted to you know the team and your surroundings uh but yeah i don't want to blame it on that on that either so uh you know it's just it's just one of those things where uh you know probably law of averages you know i pitched so well in the first half you know every everything's going to come back and kind of even out so how how tough is it to get sent back to a level that you've dominated and 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 keep your mind straight and 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 not be disappointed or, or whatever i mean well, I mean, I think there's two types of disappointment. One, you're going to be disappointed just because you're going down. And, uh, you know, you, you can either use that to, you know, sulk or you can use that as a little motivation. Um, and then I, I think the second disappointment would be, like, if you weren't performing well. You know, which in my case, definitely the first first time I got sent down. And, yeah, definitely the second time, too. You know, I have three stops at both spots. Um, it was just because, you know, Edison was doing a rehab, Homer was doing rehab, you know, so they just didn't have room. So it was, you know, and they even told me that when they when they sent me down, it was just, you know, 
we want you here, you know, we just, we don't have room for you, so. So it wasn't so much about you, it was just the circumstance. Right. So, I mean, that, I mean, you can't really be disappointed in that, you know. Um, you know, other things, you know, there's definitely higher priorities for the organization than, uh, than Matt Clinker, so. And you got to understand that. And we can't figure out why. Uh, <laughs> and we may have talked, you may have told us about this last year, but let's let's hit it again. Tell us about the differences between double A and triple A. Uh, well, the road trips in double A are a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I recall one of the, one of my like most lasting memories, like conversations I ever had, was in um, was in Billings when I was in rookie ball. I was talking to Fleet Valiquette, who had been in Dayton before, and uh, he might even. He might have even been in high eight before, but it got sent back down because he had some command issues. But uh, he was trying to tell me about how each level, you know, it's it's so much more, and you know, it kind of is when you're on the on on the opposite side of the fence. But like once you get there, you kind of just expect it, and you kind of, I mean, you're used to it. You're you're adapted to it, so it's really not that big of a deal. Um, I think in AAA, just you know, the guys have more experience. Maybe not that they're any more talented, but just more experience. Uh, they know their game plan, and they just they stick to it. You had a career high in innings last year, and it was almost 20% higher than your, your previous high, which was in 2008. Down a, down a stretch of the season, were you worried about having that many more innings than you'd thrown previously? Uh, no, not at all. I felt healthy all season, and but I think, like, I mean that was on everyone's mind. Like my pitching, you know, Ted, Teddy Powers, and um, uh, now I can't even think of the the double A pitching coach's name. Uh, Tom Brown. He, you know, both of those guys were, you know, every day. Hey, you all right? All right. Turn a lot this year. Hey, stay strong, you know. And I think maybe that like crept in on the back of my mind. Like maybe I shouldn't be doing so well. But no, I mean I felt great, and you know, I even felt even better in Mexico you know I took a couple weeks off right at the end of the year and I was like man this this layoff might hurt me but uh, my arm bounced right back and I was throwing I had good velocity at least in Mexico now command with my off-speed pitches was another was another thing hey, we're going to talk a little bit more about Mexico in a little while um do you have a goal for innings for this year uh no nah, I mean not not really just you know, quality starts every time out is what you shoot for, you know, six, seven innings and another healthy year. So 27, 28 starts, something like that. Yeah. Do um, you have any other goals going into? Uh, you know, try to get a cup of coffee this year. Is, that's the goal. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Just keep grinding it away. Uh, you know, things will have to happen in order, um, obviously, you know. Um, but, uh, you know. There's there, there's always an opportunity that opens, it's, you know whether you can cash in on that when it when it presents itself. The Reds, I don't like to use the word glut, but there's a lot of pitching in the oh, Reds organization yeah. right now. Where do you think you fall in the in the pecking order? Do you do you think about that kind of thing? Do you look at, you know, are you ahead of Matt Maloney or behind Matt Maloney? You know what I, you know what I'm saying? Sure. I mean. You know, it, it, it's hard. I mean, I try not to, you know, just try to go out and do your business. And, you know, I think the, the funniest thing was in 09. Yeah, 09, when I got called up to AAA, uh, somebody went down at the end of the year in the big leagues. I think it might have been when Harang had his, uh, I don't know, whatever appendicitis or whatever. Yeah, that's what it was. And, 
you know, Maloney and I were talking, and and I was just, I was figuring, you know, since he or Sam LeCure were on the 40-man at the time, you know, they would be going up. And now uh, he kind of just put things into perspective for me. He's like, hey, once you get the AAA, you know, it's, it's whoever, you know, if you if somebody gets hurt on your day, you, you know, that's the likelihood you're going up. So he was just like, it doesn't matter if you're on the 40-man or not. You got to, you know, you're, you're, you're one, you know, one injury away, one, you know, a couple good outings away from from getting the call. So, uh, you know, but, but Malone, he, he, his wisdom has been, 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 been great. He, he's always, uh, always there to pass it on to me. Yeah. So I guess Jordan Smith, did, did they have to add Jordan Smith last year when he went up from, from no, Delaware? was he no, already on he's the already on the 40 man, but okay. I mean, what a great, great example of just answering, you know, the opportunity, you know, you know, decent numbers, I mean, actually, not even that great. He was struggling a little bit, but yeah. you know, it was a new role for him as a reliever, so that's going to be expected. But again, you know, they were going to bring somebody up on the forty man to fill a reliever role, and he went up there and did well. Yeah, I don't think they expected him to be up there the rest of the year when they called him up. There. Right, yeah. and that, I mean, talk about a guy who's going to, you know, spring training is going to be a tough question, you know, even for him. You got oh, yeah. Arenado now, and. Uh, you know, Andrusic still there, so I mean, lot, lots of there's a lot of com- there's gonna be a lot of competition, a lot, lot of pitching yeah. in the organization. Uh, I, I was looking at your numbers yesterday as I was putting this thing together, and I noticed that you had eight sacrifices last year. I think it was do, eight out of nine or eight out of ten. I messed. Do you do you work hard on your bunny? Uh, I mean, they they preach hard, especially in AAA. I mean, Rick Sweet he has us out there like every other day. Uh, you know, one day we'll do bunning. The next day we'll do pitchers BP. One day we'll do bunning. Next day pitchers BP. I mean, he he wants to take. You know, I mean, that's the different. If you can lay down a bunt, you know, you're gonna get yourself an extra inning or two on the mound, and so that that helps the manager out. So, uh, I you know that I think that's why his motivation is to do it. You know, um, but you know we all practice it. But I take pride in it for sure. You know. Uh, I remember. I mean, a lot of times this year, you, you think you know you got a guy on first with one out, oh, sacrificing the second. Now you got two. Yeah, but you're a base hit away from scoring a run. So uh, you know, it's, it's a big, big, big play. I think, especially now, uh, everybody wants to say, you know, the, the steroid era is over. And I'm, I'm still not sure. You know, there's still guys hitting a lot of taters, but uh, you know, small ball is definitely becoming a bigger aspect of the game again. I also noticed that you hit into a DP while playing for the bats. Was that on a butt or was? No, nah, that was on a hit. And uh, he let you swing away. It was bases loaded. <laughs> bases loaded, one out. I didn't know whether I should just like guy was throwing sinker, sinker and cutter. So I was like, I think he's gonna throw a sinker here. So it's kind of like cheating, cheating the head a little bit. And uh, it ended up being a cutter. Broke my bat right back to him. <laughs> little one, two, three, double play. I was like, son of a gun. Okay, after the season, you, you, you went down Mexico way. Yeah. First, tell us how that came about, what it entails, where do the offers come from, you know, do you have to talk to the Reds about it, you know, and that kind of thing, and then you can tell us about playing in Mexico. Uh, how does it come about? I mean, there's, there's tons of jobs. Basically, I think some countries that allow seven Americans, Mexico allows six per team, um... And and so some of the um, some some of the guys, uh, especially the Latin guys, they're like, hey, you know, 
we need it. We need them. So they kind of get the ball rolling, you know, guys on your team. And um, so uh, Federico Baez this year is like, hey, I got an agent in Puerto Rico that he he like specializes in finding winter ball jobs. And um, so I already have an agent here, but my agent was pushing me not to play. And um, he has he has hookups in uh, in winter ball, but not as I mean, obviously not as many as a, as a Latin guy would. Um, so I retained this guy's services. I mean, he found me a job in no time. Um, one in Puerto Rico, one in Mexico, and one in Venezuela. And, uh, you know, I thought, uh, he, he thought the level of talent in Puerto Rico, you know, he, he thought I needed a little bit higher. So that would have been Mexico or Venezuela, and I was a little more comfortable with Mexico. Um, so I decided to go there, and uh, I mean, all in all, you know, didn't do well, you know, didn't do statistically well, but it was a great experience. So. Did you have to get permission from the Reds to, to play one? Do you have to get permission from the Reds? To play uh, one? you know, I don't, I don't know if you, if like, if they said no, I don't, I don't know if they can bar you from going or not. But you know, I definitely wanted to clear it with them first. Um, and with my inning t- total, they were a, a little, you know, hesitant. So, Matt, you, your time down in Mexico wasn't quite what you anticipated in terms of results. Tell us about playing down there, the level of competition, the stadiums, the crowds, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, the, the level of competition was definitely you know, much higher than I anticipated. Uh, but, you know, that's good. Sometimes we get a little humble. Um, you know, it, and, and probably the best thing it did was instead of me going down there just picking up a paycheck and, and going through the motions, you know, it, it, it definitely pushed me to, uh, you know, to make some adjustments. Um, you know, at the end of the season, really the, the biggest thing I was going down there to work on was maybe a cutter or a harder breaking pitch. Um, and, you know, I ended up walking away with uh, learning a, a more consistent sinker, uh, a new grip with my sinker, and... Um, and, you know, just some, a, a more uh, bulldog approach um, to, my, to my start. You, you said you worked on some different pitches and some different grips. Are you confident enough to, to, in those to use them in a game, you know, here now? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a difference between trying to add a whole new pitch and just trying to, you know, tinker with how you, you position the ball in your hand. Um with just a little adjustment, like rotating the ball, you know, certain, cert, on a certain axis of your fingers, uh, you know, that's not a big deal. You know, you can you can learn that in a couple bullpen sessions. But to, to pick up a whole new pitch, yeah, then, then maybe the even though you have it down, maybe the confidence level is a little low. You might need to work on it through some, you know, some live batting practice before you actually take it to a game situation. Um. What were the, the facilities like down there and, and the crowds? Uh, facilities were really hit and miss. I mean, some ballparks were double-A AA or triple-A level, and then some were, you know, probably below rookie ball level. You know, some didn't even have, like, showers in the bathroom or in the uh, in the visiting locker room. So what we would do is uh, you would drink at the hotel, go to the field, go home, change and showering back at your hotel room, leave your dirty uniform outside the door, and in the morning they'd have it cleaned and put right back in front of your door. So uh, it was a good thing nobody was going by stealing uniforms because uh, <laughs> they, they, could, they could have made off with my jersey. 
Um, what about the feet? Are the fields hit or miss like that also down there? Uh, the playing surface is actually good. I mean, and th- this is going to sound like unpolitically correct, but I mean, it's just the way of life down there. It's you know the labor is so cheap that you know getting uh, a grounds crew is is not a big deal. It's not a big expense for a team. Um, so I mean, the first day we were there before the season started. It, it looked like they had an army out there working on the field. So uh, the playing surface uh, at most of the fields is uh, pretty top notch. What about the size of the crowds? Uh, the size of the crowds really varied from city to city. Um, in Obergon on opening night, we had I think you know definitely at least sixteen thousand. I think that some estimates were up to twenty thousand. Um, but the the real surprise with the crowds were that. Uh, you know, the game started at 7.15. Um, at 7.15, you'd be lucky to have 2,000 people there. But then right about 8, 8.30, uh, people just start filling it up, and it'd be a packed house by about the sixth inning. Socially uh, socially late, huh? Yes, yes. <laughs> Casually liking to make an entrance. I'm not sure what the reasoning for it was. I'm not sure. You you recently got some some big news from the ball club that you're going to be going to your first big league spring training. Tell us about finding out about that and how you found out about it and how, what it makes you think you know how it makes you feel and, and what you think it says that the Reds think about you. Uh wow uh there's a I mean definitely a positive message it sends me um you know uh, a member of the front office called and uh, uh two friends no not yesterday but. Um, uh, the Friday before, and uh, just informed me, said, congratulations, you know, the Reds are going to invite you to Big League Spring Training, and uh, obviously excited, um, you know, happy. I think it says uh, that the Reds are going to definitely, you know, like they did all off season with a lot of their moves, um, just stay internal and stay in-house. You know, they obviously there's, um, you know, there's some starting pitchers out there on the market, you know, Kevin Millwood, so his price may be high, you know, that they could have extended an invitation to camp. Um, but, you know, they stay with a lot of uh, home grown, as they call it, guys. So, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a, definitely a good signal for me. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to go out there early, get my work in. The Reds have spent a lot of money in the offseason. Uh, Jay Bruce, Joey Votto, uh picking up Bronson Arroyo for two more years. Does this send a message to you guys that are, that are still working your way up through the organization, do you think? Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely a, you know, if you perform, you know, we're going to reward you. Uh, but I think the biggest message it sends everybody in the organization is that, uh, you know, the Reds are committed to win for the next, you know, three to four years uh, as they have those players uh, under contract now. Uh they can relax and, and focus on the at the task at hand instead of you know having to worry about new arbitration every year and having to you know this free agent or that free agent trying to piece the team together. You know now they have pretty much the 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 nucleus of the team uh, guaranteed for the next couple of years. 
we all believe that that you're going to start the year in, in in Louisville, and we're hoping that at some point you might get a you know get a call up, you know, depending on timing and everything this season. Let's let's talk about the Louisville team for a minute. From all appearances, that team is again this year going to be stacked. Um, you uh, would you would you be willing to tell us what you think the the pitching rotation will be in Louisville? Um. It's going to be tough. I mean, you're definitely. I mean, I'd say Matt Maloney would be your your number one, but I mean, I would say he's got a he's got a shot to make the long the the big league team as the longer lead guy. Um, so I can't even put together you know a top one or two. I mean, you got Sam Lecure, you got Chad Reineke, uh Sam's had big league time. Reineke's had big league time. You know, there's six or seven guys in in the hunt for the for big league starters, so you know a couple of those guys have to come down. I, I got no, I got no clue what's going to happen, but it, it'll be a solid group. Maybe not, not as good as the group that started there last year with Chapman and Wood, with Kier Maloney. I mean, and Jukic. I mean, that was that's a pretty good Triple uh, A starting rotation. But um, you know, this year's will be will be good as well. One of the one of the guys that we're we're big fans of here at Red Lake Nation, you know, is is your buddy Devin Mezzarocco. and we're going to talk to Devin here in in a, in a week or so. Um, he had a, a, an unbelievable year last year, jumping three levels, winning the minor league player of the year for the Reds. Compare having Devin catch you to having Corky Miller catch you. Ah. Uh... I mean, that would have been a, a big disparity, uh, you know, three years ago. But uh, I'm not sure if it's just Devin on his own or that we've had, you know, every, you know, 08 in Dayton, 09 in Sarasota and Carolina, and then last year in, in Carolina and Louisville, you know, we've had a, long, a lot of time together. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely just as comfortable with Devin back there as I am with Corky. Um, and I think that, that, that says a lot about, um, Devin's game and where it is at right now. Is is there from from a pitching perspective? Is there anything that that I mean, Devin's still a very young guy. Um, is there anything specific that he needs to work on to, in your opinion, to to, to make the jump to the next level? Uh, I I really don't. Um, you know, some some scouts might say a little more seasoning and you know obviously that can't hurt you know he's still a, a young guy I don't know if I'd call him a young kid anymore but uh, he's a young man for sure well, yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, he is a man he's a, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah maybe just a little more seasoning but uh, you know what's hard to say is you know however good somebody performs at one level doesn't you know, it doesn't always correlate to how they're going to perform at the next level. So, um, you know, he Frazier had a bad year, that, you know, bad, which is funny because bad for him is 260 with 18 or 19 home runs. You know, that's, to me that's funny because that's a pretty solid year. But, um, you know, that doesn't mean he won't hit 300 in the big leagues or that doesn't mean he's going to hit, you know, 230. In the, you know, it's hard to correlate numbers at one level to the next. Right. Let me hit you with a cup with, with some names here and give me a quick, you know, you know, statement on on, on these guys that you've played with that are you're okay. going to, at Louisville. Um, Juan Francisco. Uh, 
puts on a show at five o'clock and uh unbelievable power um good 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 defensively uh if it's adam he's gonna make the play and he's got an absolute cannon um i know some guys aren't high on him for his uh plate discipline but um again that's just one of those things that i think you know maturity and uh just more seasoning and i don't even know if it's seasoning in the minor league but you know he's going to get better day in and day out that he's up in the bigs. Yonder Alonso. Um, I mean he's got no place right now. Uh, he might be seeing a lot of time in left field to start the season. Um, but uh, I guess you know he's going to get he's going to find a way to get his numbers. Um, yeah, they're going to find a place know. for him to get some at bats. Yeah. Chris Vallejo. Exactly. Valeka, uh, him and Kozar, just the most consistent fielders I, I've been around, you know. Maybe not the range that Giannis has, but they they can flat pick it. I've, unbelievable that we've had, we've had that many consistent gloves um, drafted and, and come up in the Reds organization. You mentioned another guy that, that, that I, I want to ask you about is Todd Frazier. Tell us a little about, about uh, what you think, you know, what comes to mind when I mention Todd Frazier. Uh, you know, Todd is actually one of the guys who, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of, like, uh, of the Baseball America talk, you know, but, but the big, but it, for Todd, it actually was pretty dead to form, you know, when they said, you know, he might not have first round potential, but, you know, with his, with his approach to the game, he's got to be a first rounder. This was back in 07 when he was drafted. And, you know, that's, that's really been the case. I mean, he's got the pop. He's got, you know, he's an athlete. He can go, he can play any position, but just his intangibles, you know, he's a gamer. He loves to play the game. He's intense. Uh, he desires a lot out of himself. And, uh, you know, he'll be knocking on the door all season long this year. Uh, one thing I, I wanted to ask you about earlier and I kind of forgot is, tell us the difference in, in spring training in Sarasota and spring training in Goodyear after you got a year under your belt out, out west. Uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of the pitchers complained that they couldn't get grips on their breaking balls because it, it was drier and you couldn't get it back on your fingers. Um, I might have experienced a little bit of that, you know. I just I just thought it was early and I didn't really have good a good touch on my pitch. Uh, you know, it's a lot drier. Uh, the air's a little thinner. Um, and just there's no beach. I mean, <laughs> I, I think. I think 99% of the guys, um, especially the ones that live on the East Coast, would uh, would go back to Sarasota in a heartbeat. I mean, the facility is unbelievable. It's immaculate. But uh, just, I mean, being on the beach and, and, and knowing your way around the city, I, I mean, I will say a lot of the guys are a little more comfortable this year going. They, you know, they know the lay of the land a little bit. Uh, but, you know, Sarasota is pretty near and dear to a lot of our hearts. So, uh Especially since you know a lot of the the guys who come up in our organization had spent some time in High A Sarasota, so you don't even you don't just get the spring training, but you also get a little bit of the uh, the summer too. So you know you get you get used to the area, you get familiar with the area, and uh, you know it's a little more comfortable for you. Before before we wrap up here, I think we've got to talk about our friend Logan Parker. He got some great news in the last couple of weeks. 
yeah, it's funny. I, I was just calling him, you know, just checking how his offseason was going, and he was get, gearing it back up to go play, you know, indie ball. You know, he had heard from his agent that uh, some teams were interested in him in the meetings, and then the very next day he gives me a call in the afternoon. And he's like, hey, me, I just signed. So uh, he's with the Colorado Rockies. Uh, I was extremely happy for him, you know. He definitely deserves, uh, you know, I guess that you would call it a second chance, you know. Uh, definitely a tough a tough spot to fill in the Reds organization at first base. You know, you got Dorn, Alonzo, Votto. I mean, it was just uh, a no-man's land there. So, um, you know, he, it'll be good uh, for him to, uh, to see a different organization, see how they do it. So, uh, you know, all the best. For Logan Parker. Absolutely. What we're hoping is to see uh, Matt Clinker pitching against Logan Parker at Great American Ballpark. There, there we go. <laughs> As always, Matt, we, we always appreciate all the time you give us and, and everything you do for Red Leg Nation. Um, we want to wish you good luck in spring training and this whole year, and, and maybe we'll see you at Great American Ballpark this summer. All right. I appreciate, appreciate the support out there in Red Leg Nation, and uh, go Reds. Thanks, Matt. We'll talk to you soon, all right?